Welcome to Park Ave Baptist Church Podcast, a weekly broadcast of our Sunday sermon. I'm Darcy Jarrett, pastor of worship, advocacy, and arts. I'm Himra Chenault, pastor of community engagement and stewardship. And I'm Lanta Carroll, interim pastor of Families in Formation. Park Ave is a bold, inclusive, and creative community where everyone is welcome. We uplift voices and identities that are marginalized elsewhere. We affirm all ethnicities, racial identities, ages, socioeconomic groups, gender identities, and sexual orientations. Because we hold to a theology that refuses to other anyone. At Park Avenue, our leadership model is non-hierarchical. And we practice an open pulpit. Where you will hear a multiplicity of theologically trained voices from different backgrounds, and social locations. We don't just preach and talk about deconstructing systems and structures of power. We We practice it. Through this podcast, we hope you will be inspired, encouraged, and challenged. Listen Listen with us now. In a way to have a relationship with God that I know is possible. It's possible to know Jesus. It's possible to know the real agape love that accepts you as you are for you, for who you are and who you want to be. So that mirror that I had propped up in front of me as a kid that showed me a Christian as being only a woman in a dress. only a person who had things all together and was happy all the time. I learned and I strengthened. It was there in prison. I then went on and I began, as the word says, when, when, when these good things happen, talk about it. We talk about everything else. Share it. I went and shared it on my compound and I began to pray for the officers who talked ugly, you know, and, and they began to deal differently. I then began a Bible study in the, in the dorm housing where I was, and then I started singing in the choir, and then we started traveling, the Voices of Hope Choir, all around Georgia, having a choir robe over a prison uniform. You can be liberated in any confined space. You determine your liberation. No one else does. And God can give you that sense of freedom wherever you are, no matter what your circumstances are. And so I just wanted to share that with you, that God is able. God is able to give you a spiritual freedom, a freedom of any identity. It feels good for me to be out and proudly out. It feels good to talk about these these scars because they're no longer wounds. Oh, I thank God for his healing power, for their healing power even. And I want everyone to have that same experience. So if you know what I'm talking about, be sure to tell someone else that God is able. God loves you just as you are. Amen. Happy Atlanta Pride, y'all. So in light of all the things we have going on, I'm going to try to maybe talk a little faster, keep this as short and sweet as possible, but we still want to hear a good word. I mean, we've already heard a sermon today from Nikki. We are in week two of a series called The Stories We Tell Ourselves, where we're trying to acknowledge the ways that our own thought patterns imprison us. In this series, we're taking a look at a closer look also at the parables of Jesus, the stories that Jesus told as we talk about the stories we tell ourselves. Last week, we heard from Henry and the parable of the prodigal son, and today I want us to talk through the stories that we tell ourselves about belonging through the lens of the parable of the banquet. 
some of the critical things that we believe about our own sense of belonging or lack thereof are stories that we created in our own minds. False beliefs about our sense of belonging and our worth and our value. Deep down, we all know that we belong, right? But let's be honest, it's hard to counter the voice of our own self-critic when we become so accustomed to their lies screaming at us through a megaphone. I'm a therapist, we have inner voices that scream through megaphones, trust me. I have them too, I hear about them. I should have known better. I can't believe that I did that. I'm not good enough. I'm too different. I don't belong. We all have our own mind chatter. See, our amygdala and our prefrontal cortex are constantly working together um, to send this constant communication, and our brain is often pre-wired to believe our negative impulses and thinking. It's kind of a basic fight-or-flight kind of thing. Being aware of the negative in kind of this animalistic, predatorial protection kind of way, right? Sometimes that way of thinking towards the negative, leaning towards the negative, can be like the, feel like the only key to our survival. But let's be clear, it's not always the stories we tell ourselves that influence us. It's also the stories that other people try to tell about us. The stories that get projected onto us. This is especially true, as we know, for groups that are subject to racism, homophobia, transphobia, ableism. You see, when a group of people is the object or target of systemic oppression over long periods of time, the miseducation, the misinformation, the subjugation, and the lies begin to feel normal, routine, customary, acceptable, even to the members of the very group who's being discriminated against, especially to the group of people who's being discriminated against. So this normalness, we call it internalized oppression. Internalized oppression is like believing a lie. It's taking dishonesty as the truth. It's being betrayed but thinking that the betrayal is deserved. I deserve to be treated this way. My society tells me I do. My culture tells me I do, right? So the people who are the target of the hatred often believe the lie that they are actually inferior, that they are the problem, that they are less worthy. The risk of this shifting into a self-image that exemplifies the lies of inferiority and inadequacy. I'm not good enough. I don't belong. So it's not just the stories we tell ourselves. Sometimes it's the stories we are told about whether or not we fit in. So let me ask, what story do you tell yourself about your belonging? What stories do others try to tell you about your belonging? As Jesus does so well, he tells a story about a man who's throwing a great banquet. He's already sent out the guest list, 
But when he follows back up with his guests for their final RSVP, saying, come, we're ready for you, excuse after excuse begins to pour in. Oh, sorry, my kid has an ear infection, so we're no longer able to make it, which, by the way, would be my excuse this week. Riley has an ear infection. The in-laws are coming into town now. I hope I can come next year. Well, it's just been one of those days. Look like I can't, looks like I can't make it after all. Well, we're ending up out of town last minute. I hate to miss it, sorry. Soccer game and travel baseball for the kids. I just can't people today. Sometimes that's real, respect your boundaries, but an excuse nonetheless. There's that other party going on tonight across town that simply sounds more fun. We've all been those guests who back out at the last minute. For one reason after another, the original guests are no longer coming and we're left with a very frustrated host. Choosing to put his anger aside, however, and still determined to move forward with this huge banquet that took significant time and details and money to plan, he says, now go out into the streets and invite everyone. If the guests aren't coming, we'll change the guest list. So the invitation of welcome is spread throughout the town. Come, no RSVP is needed. I want a crowded table and a place for everyone at this banquet. The caterer is already prepping food for a feast, so a feast we will have. There's a place for you here. So while those who were originally invited lost the invitation, after finding every excuse not to attend, the host changed the guest list and decided to extend the invitation to strangers. My table is open, let's eat. Some of the first things that came to my mind after reading this story was, first of all, what kind of, what Enneagram type is this host to not freak out about this massive shift in his guest list? I don't know, probably a seven. But in all seriousness, why did these guests not want to come? What does their I'm too busyness represent? Why did they not accept the invitation? What story were they telling themselves to choose to say no? In the same way, why was the guest list so exclusive to begin with, right? What message about the inclusiveness of God's kingdom is Jesus trying to make by having the host change the list? Jesus tells us not to invite a very different, excuse me, Jesus tells us to invite a very different ensemble than the elite would invite, right? Made up of those who society has tried, tried to put in the margins because their place is at the table. If Jesus seriously is intent on overthrowing the system of domination and oppression, then hierarchy must go. White supremacy must go, patriarchy must go, racism must go, homophobia must go, transphobia must go, ableism must go. While culture shames the outsider, tells them that they're less desirable and excludes a whole class of people, God's kingdom is a beautiful, inclusive spectrum of everyone made in the image of God. If our table isn't big enough to fit every child of God, then it's past time to have a bigger table, a longer table, a wider table. So we're all invited 
We sometimes don't hear the constant invitation that God's kingdom is offering to us. Perhaps our lives really are too busy to listen or pay attention. Perhaps our minds are too cluttered to shift and sift through and believe the fact that someone indeed invited you to the party. You were invited. Are we afraid of the conversation that will happen around the table? Is it easier to stay isolated listening to the voice of our own inner critic than to risk showing up as we really are? Exposure of ourselves, our thoughts, our fears, our story. You see, there's a part of us that recognizes that, yes, the table is sacred, and it's also vulnerable. It's scary to say yes to this invitation because we know that we will be seen at the table. And as refreshing as that sounds, it's also ridiculously terrifying, isn't it? Can we be brave enough to say yes? There's a part of us that knows that once we've been exposed, our wholeness is actually a real possibility, perhaps for the first time because someone at the table has paid enough attention to you long enough to see you as you are, to see what mask you're hiding behind, and to reassure you that it's okay to take it off. Isn't that the beauty of it? That once you are seen and once your story is heard, you have a chance to be made new. Sometimes we need other people around us to prod us out of our own internalized shame and help us peel back the layers of our self-critic that try to scream at us that we don't belong. Someone, anyone who will stop, look, and will refuse to buy our act. When that happens, it opens the door to their freedom and to ours because someone got close enough to see past the mask and call them to become whole. So we need to come to the table. We need to experience the redemptive, radical message of love, abundance, and belonging to put us on our own path toward wholeness. Because the table is, in fact, for you if you're willing to show up pull up a chair and stay around for a while. And the invitation to come is constant. What story do you tell yourself about your belonging? Does it interfere with you putting your life into the care of God? We are called to rise to the occasion of proclaiming our belonging and worth, countering the stories that we tell ourselves and that others try to tell us, that try to convince us that we don't belong. In the same way, we are called to rise to the occasion of building a longer table, one that is rid of hierarchy, wealth, status, so that you can feast on love, belonging, dignity, 
and that you can tell your unique story in a world that tries to tell you that your story doesn't matter. Jesus calls out the systems of oppression and hierarchy and tells them that they've got it all wrong. You gotta change the guest list. Jesus is concerned with whose voice is missing, and we should be too. The table should be a place that, in the words of James Cone, affirms your somebodiness in a society that treats you as nobodies. It's around the table where stories can be equally heard. At the table, we learn to practice loving the stranger outside and the stranger in us. We partake in the feast of radical inclusion. We can all find a seat at the table where we listen to each other's stories, we empathize, we gather. There's no hierarchical ladder to climb at the table. Will you sit there and be made whole? As you work to elevate the voices of all, of everyone at the table, can you also have the courage to elevate your own voice? It's yours, so please don't be the one to silence it. We want to know what you have to say. Tell your story. Yes, and also pass the mic to both listen and be heard. In this parable of the banquet, Jesus reminds us that our belonging was never in question. It's the stories we tell ourselves and the stories that others try to tell about us that make us think we don't. The good news is that we can tell ourselves a different story, and community can be a big part of helping us rewire those neural pathways, right? The people at the table with us affirm us while we're talking and taking steps to reframe the false narratives that have kept us in hiding. And we can practice changing the script of self-criticism and self-doubt that tries to convince us that we don't fit in. Our God is a God of radical hospitality and acceptance. God offers us a message of belonging that we have to choose to receive moving through our own mind chatter, negative thoughts, our self-critic, moving through systems of societal oppression. But we can move through them. What I love about the parables and the stories that Jesus tells is that we can re-enter them as many times as it takes for the message to sink in. This is a story that you can like dance around in a little bit. You can move around. It's a story that wants a response from you. It's a story that involves with you as you do. So it's going to be different every single time that you hear it. So hear it today and hear it again tomorrow with fresh ears. But come to the table of God's kingdom because there's absolutely a place for you. We live our stories so that I can begin where you end, so that our intersecting may become the very breath of God. God in humanity, in creation, God around us, through us, in us. We are the storytellers. Brave, bold, so come and gather to the table and know that you belong. 
pull up a chair, stay around for a while, and let's tell one another how we've come to this place. Let's celebrate each other's stories and come to the table to be made whole. So who's coming to dinner? Let's feast together. I'm in. Thank you for listening to the Park Avenue Baptist Church podcast. If you'd like to worship with us in person, our services are Sunday mornings at 10 a.m.-ish. We are at 486 Park Ave in Southeast Atlanta, across the street from Grant Park, at the corner of Park Ave and Sydney Street. To find out more about us or get in touch, visit our website at parkavebaptist.com. Now go into the world that is too often unjust. Knowing that the God who created you loves you and empowers you. To love boldly. Live inclusively. And to serve creatively. Amen. Amen.